0: Hey, this is Brenna Blaine, and you're listening to Can I Say That? Hey
1: everyone, this week on the show we have Matt and Lauren Bowen back to talk about sex. And as I like to ask Brenna, why this topic? Why is this something that's important to talk about?
0: I think sex and sexuality is a really interesting conversation to have as a Christian or in a Christian circle because I think there are a lot of things, like a lot of maybe like rules that we've set up for ourselves that aren't actually biblical and then I think on the flip side there are things that we think the Bible doesn't speak to this when it actually does and so I wanted to explore the questions surrounding those things and some of those questions are You know, why do a lot of married couples struggle with shame and guilt after they get married surrounding the topic of sex? Or if sex is supposed to be enjoyed between husband and wife, why did God make us as beings with sexual drives? We develop those really pretty early in life, and so are we meant to have some sort of engagement with our sexuality before we're married to someone? Or is that? It- totally off limits and there's a lot of questions with this subject and so Matt and Lauren have been buried for almost 13 years. Matt is a pastor, he's gone through um, Bible college and is in seminary and Lauren has mentored a lot of young women including myself and so I think they have an excellent insight to this subject and I'm really excited for you guys to hear this conversation. It was a really fun conversation that we had. We recorded in their bedroom while our one-and-a-half-year-old was babysat by their three other kids. And so you can kind of hear in in the background, but it's a fun family podcast. And regarding that, I just want to say, if you're listening, this conversation is not just for married couples. It's not just for those who are engaged. It's not for those who are dating We talk about sexuality and singleness in this conversation as well as other things. And so maybe you listen as a family, maybe you're young. There's nothing explicit in this conversation that we're having today, which is really great. It is a really healthy conversation about sex and sexuality. I'd maybe encourage you if you do listen as a family or if you are a teenager to have a conversation with someone you trust after this about what your thoughts are and what you want to work through after this conversation. So thanks so much for hanging out with us. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast on sexual beings. So there's always this like, Long debate that's been going on for years, mm-hmm. and it's is Parks and Rec better or is The Office better? Right.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. That's you. You can't just answer that because they were they came out at different times.
3: Yeah, but
2: so The Office was unique to its moment. Mm. <laughs> it was the first in genre.
3: I think, though, if which one, like, mm. could we show our kids and have them appreciate? And I would say Parks. The Office.
2: Oh. The office. Wow. <laughs> wow. I thought you were going to go Parks and Rec. No,
3: because The Office is a classic setting. Mm. Like, it's never not going to be funny. I think you're right. There are Dwights amongst us.
2: <laughs> there's always Dwights amongst us. And plenty of Jim and Pams. Right. I think there's a Michael everywhere, too. Yeah. They nailed it. I think probably Office. However, I, Ron Swanson is probably a favorite character. Yeah. Is
0: there a favorite character you guys have on each one?
2: Daryl. Because <laughs> he's the only non anxious presence besides Jim.
0: Oh, I've never realized that.
4: Uh-huh.
0: That makes a lot of sense when you watch It's like Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be amazing. It's be amazing. <laughs> and it's like, Whenever I see an actress and they're really sweaty, I'm like, such a great actress (laughs) because I just think they made themselves sweat. She probably did. She's hilarious. She's very funny. (laughs) Growing up as Christians, what are some good things you guys were told about sex and what were some things that had a negative effect on your sexuality and sex life Hmm. as adults?
2: Yeah, good question.
3: That would be under the assumption that we were told anything <laughs> yeah um, well, like i wasn't yeah in I, our I family was. system yeah for mm.
2: sure i got a little bit more of a, a talk you gotta well your story is actually pretty funny it's tragic but, but it i has was a
3: driving to work with my mom <laughs> and like right when we got on the freeway for like our 30 minute commute north like mm-hmm. there are no exits windows are rolled up doors are locked so and just launched in ah, how old were you i honestly can't remember i think because hmm. i just mentally shut down mm-hmm. i was like i'm not having this conversation
4: like, doo, doo,
3: doo. <laughs> you, just, you yeah. moved
2: fully down into the lower brain functioning <laughs> yeah fear, fear anxiety response
3: yep yeah well if anybody okay. knows me that sounds right yeah totally <laughs> like this is my
0: worst case scenario yep. i've been preparing for this my entire <laughs>
3: life and then i didn't know a lot of anything about anything so there was like certain vernacular or things that i would like pull friends aside and be like um what what does that mean like like, even, why did like she anatomy, get kicked right? out of school Yes. Yeah. Oh, because homeschooled them private Christian high school. So right. our health was different. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah,
2: so I went to public everything. So.
3: Okay. And so then when Matt right. and I got married, well, even when we were like dating engaged, I'd be like, I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, wait, what? how do you not know this?
0: And I'm like, I, I don't know this.
1: But
3: um, I would say that that was probably actually more damaging mm-hmm. than it was mm-hmm. helpful. Why deal. do you say that?
2: a la- like a lack of conversation. A lack
3: of conversation. Yeah, cuz I had only what was told to me by people who had no clue. Mm. If I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Like do we want 16-year-old boys teaching sexual education? Probably not. Like That's so a, much yeah, misinformation. It's a yeah. Do we want 16-year-old girls, you know what I mean? <laughs> so just all of the stereotypes, all of the misinformation, mm-hmm. anything like that. Anything that was being perpetuated in culture was what I was learning mm. and none of it was factual or grounded in a covenant relationship at all.
2: How'd your parents feel about sex? Yeah. No, yeah, no idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like that I just asked that question because I feel like it's going to be flipped back on me later and I don't want to talk about it, but uh, I do think there was a positive view in my household. Mm-hmm. So there was a... <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was an affirmation of goodness of sexuality, mm. but it was still truncated mm-hmm. in terms of, like, if there's a problem, I guess you should talk to me, but it was, like, don't let there be a problem, uh, okay. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, here's a stick of deodorant, you're going to need this, use it every day, and sex is for marriage, so okay. don't do that okay. until right. then, but it's good, so save it for the one you love, uh-huh. <laughs> right? That kind of, yeah, which is... I appreciated there was an ethical component that my parents gave me and it was actually grounded in some kind of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And, um, that, so I, I knew there was good there, but it was incomplete, Mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, Tension, struggle, failure, just the messiness of human desire and Mm. knowing how to shepherd desires and like that
3: that those desires in and of themselves weren't weren't,
2: weren't. yeah bad like it just was like
3: we both just sat in a uh, i don't
2: know let's just call it a a doctorate cohort um and
3: one of the jokes was that he said like growing up his parents were like don't dance with girls because you're gonna have wrong desires Mm -hmm. and he's like i remember going to my brothers and being like i have a problem I haven't danced with any girls, but I'm like already <laughs> having those
2: desires. I'm having all those thoughts, I'm but having I haven't all those danced with anyone. And
0: feelings, But I haven't danced with anyone.
2: So good. Yeah, it was like that. There was, I don't think there was vulnerability from my parents. Mm. And I don't think they knew how to be. Like, they did not have good models I, like, up, up the stream. That wasn't mm. a thing that they had at all. So um, I do f- think there was some church input that was helpful and positive actually mm-hmm. good role models but it, I f- feel like I had to figure a lot out and by the time I got to college it was like far more I had just figured it out myself mm. um, like reading the bible and <laughs> putting pieces together mm-hmm. um, but still felt like there's a lot d- of an incomplete picture
3: okay. so how did that affect us
2: how did it affect us that's a really good question well um i guess we could back up both of us we had not had sex with anyone before we got married mm. so keep or that each, yeah anyone or else each, or other. each other and um we'd both had physical relationships with people we had dated but that mm-hmm. hadn't crossed into sexual intercourse or other fairly like obvious sexual acts but um so i think the ethical the fear of God, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, and the, but also the ethical <laughs> wisdom from parents it actually contributed to safeguarding mm. an intimacy that we hadn't shared with anyone yet. Probably the more I dig into my memory banks, the more good messaging I probably really did get from my parents. Um, it just was like one or maybe two conversations. Mm-hmm. But there was a strong, compelling, like, I this is something this is some line i'm just Mm -hmm. not gonna cross Mm -hmm. for whatever reason of god's grace
4: Mm
2: -hmm. honestly um anyway so we i think that helped us and it set us up for success sexually Mm. Um, but i also think by the time we had gotten married we had been through college and been living in community with very wise godly people so that conversation came up a lot, I think, during our pre-marriage years. So it, I think we had been able to do some of our own work of putting some pieces together mm-hmm. and sorting through aspects of sexuality. So mm-hmm. I also think that we were both in a place where we were able to talk. Mm-hmm. And so communication, even b- before we were married and uh, our whole marriage, we've talked about sex. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that there hasn't been anything we haven't talked about. Um, So we've communicated a lot through it. And I think that both of those things, I think, were ways that both the church and I think family had perhaps set us up.
3: I would say the lack of information on my part and just knowing um, the importance of it left like a wide scope of like, like, why is it important? Mm. What does this look like? Mm. Why is this good? Mm -hmm. So I feel like Mm. our first several years. Mm hmm we're maybe figuring out like a lot a lot but in terms of like the intimacy that goes along with it and like oh this is why it's important right and this is why it's a big deal and wow if okay if you could communicate this this way maybe that would have helped or i don't know i feel like that's something we've unpacked mm. a lot and continue to unpack yeah. over the last 13 years is like
4: mm-hmm
3: Just the immense weight of the intimacy that comes Mm -hmm. along with it. Mm -hmm. Right. And then trying to figure out how you would communicate that and how we will communicate that to our kids instead Mm -hmm. of don't have sex, it's bad. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Outside of marriage, it's bad. And you're like, right. What? And then that flip switch, especially I think as a female, Mm -hmm. of don't have desires, don't have sex outside of marriage, it's bad. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, please get married. Please have all the sex that is, like, expected or mm. whatever. And then it's also okay now. <laughs> you know, like, mm. like, what? It, right. We, we got, like, we got married on a Friday, so Friday afternoon, bad. Saturday morning, totally fine. fine.
2: And I think the, uh, well, go ahead.
3: No, I was just going to say. So we have worked through, like, a lot of those.
2: That's true. And,
4: yeah,
2: I agree. And I think just even in discipleship to Jesus as... Yo- like, young adults prior to marriage, there was a lot we were trying to each separately working out. I was just gonna say, I think when, like, you, you talked about, like, kind of a lack of information, just kind of absorbing what was in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the if the narrative of sexuality and, and having sex as a married couple is simply just, like, sex is recreational activity between consenting adults, mm-hmm. Uh, And it's bad outside of marriage, good inside of marriage, because whatever it protects you emotionally or Mm -hmm. whatever other positive spin is put on that, that's a harder mental thing to get around Mm -hmm. because um, it's still, when it comes down to it, this self-centered thing of it's recreational and it feels good. Mm -hmm. If the narrative comes from our biblical theology that it's actually a whole person bonding activity that affirms a covenant... Mm -hmm and expresses that covenant union, then all of a sudden it doesn't make sense outside of marriage mm. because what you're doing is a covenantal aspect of communication. Mm. And so you're lying now, mm. right? And and so it's just, it's actually deceptive to our bodies and to another person when it's taken outside of the context of marriage. And now all of a sudden it makes tons of sense in marriage because mm. it's this growing, lifelong way of affirming something that exists outside of how i'm feeling Mm -hmm. how we're doing in the moment this is the the best thing ever or whatever leftovers (laughs) just like it's this aspect of we're still communicating that we're one Mm. um and nothing else not one with anyone else this is you're you're it Mm. um that's a different narrative and it feels like that um That has been something that I think we have fallen into in marriage and continuing to bond together is like the realization of how covenantal that is. Mm -hmm. So anyway, it starts starts to make a lot more sense.
0: Yeah. I think it's interesting, this like idea that society maybe has of Always saying like men have the stronger sex drive mm-hmm. and we, you touched on it a little bit, Lauren, like it's weird for girls, mm-hmm. I think when we hear that all the time to be like, wait, so does that like if I have a sex drive is that bad right or and I think maybe this is a little bit more of an older idea, but I've heard from a few people say I've always heard that you know sex within marriage is just to have babies and just to please your husband. Mm-hmm. But what do you guys think about those ideas?
2: We have found that babies result.
3: <laughs> that is true. But. Um, I think through a lot of my conversations mm. with women, I have found that that is an incredibly damaging <laughs> frame of mind. Mm. Because then at that point, like just to flip that on its head a little, but it's like, okay, so you are struggling with infertility. Like, are you, is that a result of, like, failing in your sex life? Or are you then not Mm. supposed to have sex anymore? Or, you know, and I think it can, I think it can spiral in so many different ways. But I've also talked to so many women who have, like, a strong desire for their spouse, their husband. And he struggles with his Mm. sex drive. Mm. So then, especially, I would say this is probably more for growing up in a Christian culture Mm -hmm. but I would say what results then on the part of the woman is feeling not all the time but feeling a sense of shame and embarrassment and guilt and then of course like there's natural feelings that happen when maybe one spouse desires the other spouse more than the other is just like rejection or Mm -hmm. I mean there's like a lot (laughs) the reason why it's important is because there's a lot of room for damage for things Mm. to go wrong within this Mm. but Hmm. um
2: yeah because it's so vulnerable because it's
3: so personal no i think that there's also this idea within the church that men have a stronger sex drive because we don't really give a lot of thought to females and their desires early on Mm. so then it's i think that idea is perpetuated just through like girls don't dress
4: Immodest,
3: so that guys won't struggle. Mm. And then guys, like, don't be skeezy and, like, let's figure out how to, like, manage that. Mm. So that's what we're told in our teens. Mm. And so then, of course, it's going to carry into, like, our marriages, which is, like, women just be available. Because, like, mm. if you're not available, he's going to cheat mm. on you just the moment you say <laughs> no.
4: Yeah.
2: Right. That places all the ethical demands of his emotional maturity on the woman.
3: <clears throat> right. That's- but then yeah. that, but I think that as much as I would love to say that that's like an older way of thinking, I think we still perpetuate that mm-hmm. a lot by not having conversations in like, I don't know what youth groups are doing these days, but like, I don't know, maybe keeping kids together in the room when you talk about the struggles of pornography mm-hmm. because it's not just for men. Like, mm-hmm. that happens for girls and mm-hmm. it can happen
4: mm-hmm.
3: like. Women or or teenage girls are just as likely to make a wrong click as teenage guys. You know what I mean. And then there's it results in more isolation mm. because there's not a place to talk about it. Or uh-huh. Uh-huh. you're, or maybe it's not pornography, but you're dating this guy and you've been dating him for a long time, and you want to have sex with him. Is you're taking unholy naps, <laughs> right? Unholy was, naps. People we'll talk about that. Like, no, I'm just kidding. But it's like there's no room. For the girl to say I, That that's something mm. Yeah I want yeah.
2: sex Yeah it's damaging because it's it's actually just crazy Like every human Is a sexual being mm. Women are humans mm. Therefore women are sexual beings yeah. <laughs> It's like and, a basic logical syllog- spectrum, syllogism like we, like we
3: can't that's... put men in the camp Of like always wanting it no, mm. And not, not being able to control themselves totally. Just like we can't put women in the camp Of like never having any mm. desire
2: Exactly and it's always a chore. Like, that's just <laughs> not accurate. Yeah. That's not accurate at all. So I think that like, sociologically, like, you just have to recognize, like, that's, those aren't actually facts. And then, two, like, I think within Christian, like, marriage and, the like, a like framework from the gospel, mm-hmm. if, if we're made to love the other, and that's essentially about self-giving, like, we're actually, we're made to enjoy giving mm-hmm. ourselves to the other person both men and women Mm -hmm. like it's i think when it feels like a chore for one and not the other there's a lot of questions we ought to be talking Mm -hmm. about yeah i don't want to work at it from the pathology of like what when it based on what's wrong like Mm -hmm. let's work at like what is the design Mm -hmm. and then what when things aren't working according to design then we need to start looking at what are the other aspects of the relationship Mm -hmm. their insecurities or he's is he uh, totally unwilling to be vulnerable and say i want something is she unwilling to say I'm I want something from you or is there a proven track record that the other person isn't going to give anything you know mm. I think there's a lot there that over the years in marriage we prove to each other and how we have sex mm-hmm. and how we talk about it yeah mm.
3: but I think that this I mean obviously that's why you're doing a podcast this conversation is so important because just like I maybe didn't have the conversation outside of that car that one day yeah it's like that conversation is being had. Mm-hmm. So are we going to let like the church and scripture inform that conversation mm-hmm. and people who are in covenant relationship and working toward the same goals as us?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Or are we going to continue to let like the media mm-hmm. and Lord knows what's on TV, mm-hmm. like inform how it's right. supposed to be and what yeah. it's supposed to look like? Because you're going to end up with just for babies and just pleasing men's mm-hmm. like, Every time, like every time yeah. in some form or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's and a culture the guy of the guy's going to be the bad yeah. guy and the girl's going to be the slut. And that's going to be mm-hmm. the
0: narrative. I think it's really interesting. Like, it's not like the day before we get married, God's like, and here's some desire to have sex. Right. It's like we go through puberty and mm-hmm. we're like, oh, this I kind of want to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Are singles supposed to? Like, can single people engage in their sexuality?
2: Well, th- th- I don't think that they can disengage it.
3: Mm. So. But that, okay, so that is a good yes. Wh- but I think to know, too, that, like, the way you engage is, a, is then becomes a practice that comes into your marriage mm. with you.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: So, like, mm-hmm. I've had numerous conversations with girls where mm-hmm. you're, like, you're... Gunning so This is terrible to say. But you're gunning so hard to get a husband.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So you're like, I'm engaging with my sexuality and that I know that I'm attractive. And I know how to flirt. And I know how to make you feel real good about yourself.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And then all of a sudden, just like it's that flip switch of being married. It's like, I still know how to do those things. Yeah. And now they're supposed to be for one person. Whereas before, I was like,
4: mm-hmm.
3: I can do it for whoever. Mm-hmm. Because I'm just trying to find my spouse. Totally. Which so, is,
2: I need attention, and your sexuality is about getting attention, rather than I'm giving myself to one person and aiming it. in. A...
3: Right, but I yeah. mean, I think there's like, it doesn't feel bad to know that somebody thinks you're attractive.
2: Right, okay, fair.
3: And I don't think it's a wrong thing. So like to engage, your, and not that that's just what our sexuality right. boils down to. But I would say, like, yes, you can't disengage from it, but also to be mindful of the practices that you put into mm-hmm. place for, like, how you engage it now mm-hmm. are going to be things that you have to disciple and work through when you bring them into your marriage. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you will have practiced that for probably the...
2: Yeah, greater majority part of your of, adulthood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, however long that is. En-
3: yeah. 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 Engaging your sexuality hmm. in singleness. And yeah. so then the second you get married... You have to figure out what right. that looks like.
2: Right. And th- I think that's where knowing there are actually some boundaries there, right? Like engaging, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you're going around having sex with whoever you want to. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, or making out with whoever you want to.
2: I don't know. I've often said to guys, and I've felt this responsibility before we were married is this picture of, I don't know where this is going to land, but... Um, I need to make sure I leave this person in better shape than I found them. Mm. So that goes very quickly from me getting what I want mm-hmm. out of someone else to uh, it's uh, again it goes back to that self giving, mm-hmm. which may mean self restraint. Yeah. Um, for the sake of that person being in better shape than I found them afterwards.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
2: a vague general principle, but mm-hmm. I feel like if you're asking the question, some clear answers start popping up. Yeah. You know.
0: And I think you kind of already answered it, but I know when I was dating, I was always like, we're not supposed to cross this line, but like, what is the line? Mm -hmm. And the hard part, and Lauren, you and I talked about it Mm -hmm. when Austin and I were dating, was like, are we literally just supposed to go from holding hands and kissing to having sex in 24 hours? Right. Because that's like literally zero to 100 Mm -hmm. traumatizing (laughs) yes yeah Mm -hmm. well
3: I was gonna say and I mean I know we've talked about this before but I remember um a woman coming to the Multnomah dorms and she spoke to the ladies about Uh like relationships and it was the most freeing approach that I think I've ever heard where Mm -hmm. she said if you're growing um emotionally and spiritually like because well I'll go back to that but you should also be growing physically Mm -hmm. and where you're at with those three should be like in alignment and I think we can want to grow physically really fast and so we're like yes let's do all the things that feel good outside of sex because that's great and not grow emotionally so you're not having like the hard conversations mm-hmm. or talking about like mm-hmm. serving each other or those types of yeah. things or be spiritually deficient and then I've heard some people say like don't pray it's too intimate and you're like wait what, what? like I've heard yeah uh, for sure don't pray with guys it's too intimate mm-hmm. oh okay um <laughs> cool that
2: would be for sure offended a good portion of somebody but that's fair oh we've
3: offended a lot of people no um but i think that that makes a ton of sense and i think especially with that spiritual component in there like if you are growing spiritually together with the person you're in relationship the holy spirit is not gonna just not offer discernment and wisdom Hmm. on where you should be physically i
2: think that's fair so and i think probably have being in community helps too like Yes, Some like we had lovely
3: community who I was living with a couple, and it was great because they really watched out for us, they and did. so they would ask us hard questions that felt super uncomfortable, mm-hmm. or they mm-hmm. would just make sure, like, don't come home at 3 a.m., like that's not good for you, <laughs> and we are all, yeah. we were making out, right. so that was good for me, and they're like, don't come home at 3 a.m., <laughs> you're like, dang it. But do come
2: okay, home. Okay, but yeah, do come home. I, yeah, and I think we made choices actually to submit to people even when we disagreed with them.
3: Mm. Yes,
2: true. We didn't have to, but I think it was the right thing to do mm-hmm. in a relationship of, like, yeah, for so many reasons. All, all that said, like, I, I don't know that, you know, you weren't saying this. I'm just reiterating. As I do think the Holy Spirit gives discernment. I also think he operates through those around us outside of our own Mm -hmm. embeddedness Mm -hmm. or infatuation Mm -hmm. so i think that
3: that's a helpful correct all that to say i don't think there's like a hard and fast line yeah and -hmm. people have different right convictions i would say if your convictions are super liberal and you find like wow these aren't really that hard to maintain Mm -hmm. they might not be uh tight enough there should be some tension (laughs) there should be some tension (laughs) yeah on the same way, if there's so guilt and shame and anxiety producing that you feel mm. like you can't stay within them, mm. like, then that
0: might be a good sign that you're being too hard on yourself mm. as well.
2: Interesting. Yeah.
0: So do right. you think the question, how close to the line can mm. I get? Is that maybe the wrong question? Oh, that's to totally
2: asking. the wrong question. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Because I, I,
3: yeah.
2: It's always the wrong it's the question. the spirit of the yeah. law. Yeah, because that that is it's managing risk. It's it's just simply trying to avoid guilt. It's mm-hmm. not actually about honor or love at that point.
3: But in the same way, it's What's like asking minimum? how close you can get is for sure crossing the line. Mm-hmm. At, at, in terms of like once <laughs> right, once yes, you've gotten so close, you're like, well, that I mean that worked out. So then mm. I'll go a little yeah yeah further or I'll go a little further. That's good. And I mean just. To be really honest, we've been married for a long time. So our dating life looked like we did make mistakes, Mm -hmm. I would say. Mm -hmm. and But it was, one, great because you were a really great leader in our dating life. And so Matt would be like, hey, that was a mistake. Mm. And then there were other things where we're like, This is not a mistake, and this feels like a freedom that we have. But it also might not be a freedom for everybody, so we need to hold that like carefully.
2: Yeah, I I I do think broad Mm brushstrokes. If you're sinning against your conscience, Mm. I think that is that is going too far. Mm. So that may not be the same for both people in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So that's good. That gets down to Paul in Romans fourteen and weaker brother, stronger brother. Well, sister, we, I mean, right? we
3: have that still in our marriage. There's some things that I'm like, yes. that's not okay right. for me. It's not
2: a freedom for you, and I don't want to cause Lauren to sin against your conscience. Mm-hmm. So um, not necessarily, I mean, just in any practice, not necessarily sexually. But <laughs> right, but
0: I'm no dominatrix way. going on here. <laughs> right, well, sorry, man. I am
2: trying to withhold all my jokes, but... Um, <laughs> For the sake of our marriage, actually. But, um, Safe word.
3: Poughkeepsie. Um, <laughs> Poughkeepsie. <laughs>
2: usually is. Um, no, no, but I feel
3: like there's so much more freedom in our marriage because he is willing to let me say things that are not freedoms mm. for me. Mm. He's never like, oh, well, that's a huge bummer and you should probably like get on board. And so I think mm. that can translate to singleness and that can translate to your dating life mm. where... If your friend in her singleness is experiencing something that she feels like is a conviction for her and that's not something that you're feeling like, don't make her come along with you. Yeah, you don't want to put somebody over there. And, and But conviction. don't also necessarily let that necessitate guilt in your own mm-hmm. life. But if you can practice that type of communication in community mm-hmm. and then you can practice that type of communication in, in your dating marriage. life, oh, yeah. then you can practice it in your marriage yeah. and it will end up being mm. life-giving.
1: Totally. Yeah, I really like a... Paul's talking, actually, about sex, uh, when he says, what? Wives, uh, submit to your husband, for your body is not your own, but it's your husband's. Likewise, husbands, submit to your wives, for your body is not your own, but your wife's. Mm-hmm. And how I think there's sort of a... The, the first glance is almost a selfish feel, like, yeah, my wife's body is mine. Like, I, I get to say it, but it's actually like... It, the point is the opposite. Like, right. if, you, if you have something... Like, you have a desire that is not... Is very... At least at the moment uncomfortable and not something that's mm-hmm. like your wife well actually your body is not your own but is your in my case my wife's or you, mm-hmm. so it's like actually you need to die to yourself and mm-hmm. yield to your mm-hmm. to your spouse and uh, not let your desires trump what is uh, conviction for them or mm-hmm. healthy for them mm-hmm. even if the moment or your whole life yeah you're,
2: you're working toward union and mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that it gets lost a lot. Mm -hmm. And so everything we're describing too, like finds its, it finds its origin and even its aim in God's own inner life as a communion of self-giving love. Mm -hmm. Like, so that what we're talking about is what we're made to reflect as image Mm -hmm. bearers of God. Uh, And I do think when it really, so yes, in marriage, that's, that's where the sweet spot is when Mm -hmm. both people can, give of themselves to the other in a way that celebrates our oneness and God actually made it fun like
4: Mm.
2: like he actually biologically Mm. made it so it feels good Mm -hmm. right it's not just like this is a good theological exercise (laughs) Um, I feel closer to God now it's like I mean although that we we have actually uh, I do just one quick aside on that is I think we've always said thank you to each other just as a practice.
3: And And our ongoing joke is that Matt always says, I love you. And I always (laughs) say, oh, I should hope so. (laughs) And that's like our, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Also, there should be some laughing uh, as well. But yeah, I think all that to say, it is not just that self-giving communion piece also plays to the sexuality of the single person who can live without sex, but can't live without love and Mm -hmm. community, right? Mm -hmm. And has to pour out, that th- their self mm-hmm. to the benefit of others and that that has to be happening and you know you can you can mm-hmm. go without a- an orgasm but um you wow what
3: wow that we're was talking about like, sex i know i wasn't ready for it's that.
4: true, um, it's true. Yeah.
3: i yeah i think um keep going back I, like i keep thinking if i were listening to this and i were single. Would I be rolling my eyes right now? And Perhaps. Like, well, you know what I yeah. mean?
2: Yeah. yeah. No, I'm trying. I'm thinking the same thing.
3: I think uh, we had we fumbled through expressions of our sexuality and singleness. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, we really did. Sure. We tried on different things. Yep. And they went terribly. Some went awry. I think I yeah. Dated most everybody at Multnomah for a period of time. Tried that on. Mm-hmm. Tried to see what that was like. Mm-hmm but i think i don't know i guess my one encouragement would be if you're listening to this and you're single is to start practicing communicating now Mm -hmm. what your desires and needs are and Mm -hmm. that might seem really silly but it will also just help you be known and like validated and not alone in your singleness so it's really uncomfortable to maybe say like man i just really like could have like had somebody hold me today Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or could have just sat Mm -hmm. next to somebody and just had them hold my hand or just like the parts of our sexuality that aren't sex but that are so Mm -hmm. important Mm
4: -hmm. i really
3: would have loved to have been touched today Mm -hmm. like the things that we take for granted like just to say that out loud and have Mm -hmm. somebody else say like yeah yeah i feel that but it also would prepare you for communication that's going to be vital if, if later. If you're going to be
2: married later, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good.
3: Or even if you're not going to be married later, Perhaps, to, to right. let your needs be known in your community so your community oh. can say, I'm not a spouse, but
0: I can hug you. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Or like, I can sit yep. close to you. And So a few months ago, I put out a questionnaire on our Instagram just saying, what are your questions about sex and sexuality to our audience? And by far like 90% of the questions were about masturbation mm-hmm. and the surprising part was it was a question that was asked by all age groups mm-hmm. and not just like young people not mm-hmm. just single people mm-hmm. and so maybe it's a taboo subject but then I also think well then we That's, should be talking yeah. about, it. Sure. Definitely yeah. talk about it so masturbation outside of porn slash fantasizing about other people is it never okay is it sometimes okay is it always okay and what is the line like for non-married people versus married people?
4: Mhm. That's
2: a great. That's a great question.
0: Thank
3: you so much for being with us today. Let's close in prayer. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that. Uh, yeah, it's a really helpful question. Uh, I don't think most of the time the boundaries you already associated with it mm-hmm. are being associated with it. Okay. So, one we've narrowed down that question significantly mm. by the boundaries you put on it no porn no fantasizing about somebody else that's very significant that you mm. put that that boundary on it so we'll carry the conversation forward assuming those but they're f- foundational i think to mm. any answer at this point um because i i don't think in this conversation we need to spend a lot of time well it's just taking that, shots at it, p- the damage that porn and
3: you it know, go, it does, goes it goes against what you just set up. Like then yeah. at that point it's not about another yeah. person. It's about a selfish mm-hmm. desire. Like yeah. at the end of the day. Like that's what it is. It's a
2: There's a lot of things that it's like it can using be, a
3: person for a selfish game.
2: Sure. Using so, not even a person but an image. Well, yeah. I mean but, yes, but okay, if it's sorry, somebody yes. you know. Yeah. Then, oh yeah. Sorry.
3: You know, it's if it's Glenn down the street. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Glenn's a looker. <laughs> <laughs> We don't know any glens, thank God. Um, <laughs>
3: That's why I said that, but you know what I'm saying.
2: Uh, yeah, I then do. You're using it's really Glenn good. For your own. So, assuming that boundary, mm-hmm. so you broke it down to never okay, sometimes okay, and always okay. I, I don't think I. So again, trying to work from scripture, there isn't a direct command, mm. right? Anywhere Genesis 37 is not about masturbation. It's about not fulfilling. Um, familial obligation Mm -hmm. to um, supply a line for a dead family member. Uh,
3: If if they have no clue what you're talking about right now, they're like, I was waiting for this answer and all of a sudden you just said dead family member. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So I'm
2: done. I'm cool. Go read Genesis 38, not 7. Anyway, right? (laughs) So where were we? Okay, yeah, so the Bible doesn't seem to make any direct commands related to that. Um, so
0: but f- also yeah. we're pretty sure that people were doing it back then
2: i can't imagine right it feels like it's at
0: can you refrain from saying it feel- feel-
2: no i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> it would seem that it's nearly yeah. reflexive okay. when somebody hits puberty mm-hmm. <laughs> um i don't think it's a maybe. modern invention i don't <laughs> think it's a modern invention <laughs> okay no i don't think so uh,
3: as early as
4: 1988
2: <laughs> So anyway, I don't think to say it's never okay mm. is necessarily a fair. I, there are certainly people who make very strong, like it's never okay, cases. Mm. Um, definitely, some pretty popular pastors yeah. here in Portland would make that claim. That's that's fine, um, but I don't I don't know that that's entirely adequate mm. um, to the absence there of of command. Arguments from silence are not good arguments, though, either. The other thing to say it's always okay feels, to me, like... Um, what's
3: well, those two lines we were talking about? What's it? It's either, like, way too permissive or mm. way too guilt and yeah. shit. like
2: to- Yes, absolutely. Those, yeah. yeah, so to say it's always okay seems almost immediately dismissible because mm-hmm. there's so many questions. So the sometimes okay seems just off the cuff more adequate. Where I would want to drill down though is to start asking a lot of questions so the person who's asking I I want to know a lot about that then Mm. like why what else is going on if you're just doing it to avoid asking your spouse for sex Mm. that's not healthy Mm. like that's that's actually just I don't want to be vulnerable then again I think in a case where it it has any kind of like habitual control over you Mm. then it seems like you're 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 letting yourself be enslaved to something. Mm -hmm. Um, A theologian friend of mine uh, likes to say, it's okay, but schedule it for Thursdays at nine. You know, Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) and and I mean, he's, what he's saying is you have to put a parameter Mm -hmm. on that. Um, So that it doesn't have control over you Mm -hmm. and it isn't just reflexive. It's actually it's like I'm stressed This is something I need to do to feel a sense of control It's actually like well, I I have a planned release or something. I don't know Uh, Because again because the the
3: practices that you put into place now come with you no matter good or bad or whatever they are So totally if you can put healthy practices into place now Mm -hmm. You are better equipped for when you, if yes. if and when you are in relationship, yeah, absolutely. Or it's also a really good place to know, like if you can make decisions when you're in a healthy, clear-headed, great frame of mind, mm-hmm. and you're single, and then you get into that relationship, and you're like, "Wow, that has ramped up a lot." It's mm-hmm. probably a really good indicator that, like, mm-hmm. you need to reassess mm-hmm. and evaluate why and. It's mm-hmm. like a, it's like a control group almost mm-hmm. for like.
2: So you have to run some tests. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Like I, I, think you have to constantly know. And so if it, if if there's a freedom, mm-hmm. in one period of your life, there might not be in another. And if there isn't in one period of your life, there might be in another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think it's a constant awareness mm-hmm. of why, um, of yeah what that's doing Mm. for you in yeah in marriage i think the thing that we've talked a lot about is at the end of the day it our our sex drives are given to us for our oneness Mm -hmm. and so if it's it, it can become damaging when it's done and somehow apart or in isolation from the other so again, it's about communication and mm. to say, I think it has to be done in a way that still is about bringing two together.
3: Mm-hmm. So what um, I mean, yeah. which even just can happen through communication,
2: through communication. Yeah. I don't yeah. think
3: any de- decisions can be made in isolation. That's right. That's marriage. what we're trying to say. Like you can't mm. make a decision for yourself in marriage. You have to make a decision with your spouse. Mm.
2: I think so. That seems right. It always...
3: Outside of yeah, like an abusive type of setting. Just so that's mm. like, it's just no. so that has been R- said, yeah, R- yeah,
2: this should be said and
3: communicated. Yeah, assuming we're assuming marital we're health. We're
2: assuming a lot, right? Decisions together. Yeah. Yes, and I understand that. Um, we're assuming some base level safety, right? Mm-hmm. I for I us... would
3: say that the basis of this entire conversation is probably geared toward mm-hmm. Christian a Christ following person mm. who desires sexual holiness, yeah, yeah, we'll so, assume
2: that. And if that's not you, like, then listen in we, and try to figure out if this might by, be your jam, yeah.
3: <laughs> like, yeah, but uh,
2: yeah. Uh, so I think, and I mean, rarely do I ever think about any one of my decisions as if it's isolated, I mean, even related to food or. but that's that's a whole nother category but but it's part of our oneness though
3: again going back to like singleness and this this question in context of singleness is it's like it might feel really uncomfortable but to have communication with your community Mm. or trusted community Uh,
2: we have kids watching a baby currently (laughs) we can hear them through the wall
3: (laughs) but to practice communication with trusted community and to say, this is what I've decided for me, this is what my conviction is and what feels okay, and to allow like challenge there, but also to allow accountability, mm-hmm. I think is so, so important. And that's not just for our sex lives, that's for our spending, that's for <laughs> our social media usage, that's for our schedules for our schedule, how we eat, like everything. Like mm-hmm. allowing other people to speak into that and then to communicate. <laughs> is going to be life-giving.
2: And it protects us from shame and guilt and hiding and a whole mm. bunch of things.
3: Right. Because I, I have never experienced, and I could be alone in this, but I've never experienced a moment of vulnerability where I've not had the person on the other end of the table say to me, oh my gosh, yeah, I mm-hmm. get that. Mm-hmm. I mm. get that. I've experienced that to some Mm. Way, like some way or another or I can appreciate where you're coming from mm. maybe I don't have the same struggle or the same mm-hmm. but I can appreciate that like
2: and you have some discernment in who you choose to show right. yourself not to just like you're not just willy-nilly
3: but cheap. all that yeah. to say I think our vulnerability in communication mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. also gives other people the opportunity mm-hmm. to be vulnerable in communication mm-hmm. which translates to our sex lives mm-hmm. if you're vulnerable with your spouse. Mm-hmm. And you can communicate needs and desires. It gives them an opportunity to say,
4: uh-huh.
3: like, I don't know, I yeah. want to try X, Y, and Z. Okay, cool. Mm. I appreciate that. I I can't, mm. and here's what my hangup is, or here's why. And
2: hmm. and I yeah, and I think what we've experienced in our marriage is it's only gotten safer.
3: Mm. Mm. Poughkeepsie.
2: Poughke- <laughs> <laughs> and and therefore also like better mm. I, mm-hmm. I was not as comfortable vocalizing neither desire outside mm. of just basic like
4: hey, hey. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what are you up to <laughs> um, oh, gosh. but I that has grown and changed mm. um, and that, that has to do with just a lot of aspects of my personality mm. but
3: well, like, I, I think even just about the things like we've talked about which sounds funny but like I think we can think about sex inside of marriage, outside of marriage. It's just, like, the actual physical act of sex. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, oh, man. two weeks ago, I said to him, like, hey, like, if we are intimate,
4: mm-hmm.
3: like, the day after, mm-hmm. I need you to pay a little more attention to me. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know that sounds funny, but it's, like, so intimate and it's so vulnerable mm-hmm. that then to have... Just a little extra of, like, Hmm. uh, you know, a Mm -hmm. longer head or
2: some affirmation. Some
3: affirmation Mm -hmm. still after 13 years of, like, I'm safe, I'm safe in this Mm -hmm. place, I'm safe with you is like so needed Mm -hmm. and necessary. Mm -hmm. So to have even those types of needs and desires expressed. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I think, and this needs a really, I think it's crucially important to footnote this or asterisk it before i even say it that i and none of us have a perfect exhaustive um, understanding of jesus mm-hmm. that right. none of us have a can say exactly everything about jesus and in, in any moment so my my default and i say that because it's really dangerous because this is a this is pretty much crossing the line into well i'm i'm going to decide what jesus thinks about something but a, Oftentimes, just a little even practice, I guess I could say, for me, when there's something that scripture, such as masturbation, um, that is kind of silent on, Mm. and my kind of, okay, is this something, I want to be like Jesus, and I want to reflect Jesus, and based off of what I know about Jesus, and what I can find in scripture, along with personal revelation, but starting there in -hmm. scripture, is this something I can see? Jesus doing. So, for example, smoking weed. Scripture doesn't directly say anything about marijuana, but I'm like, can I see Jesus walking in the room and being like, sup, bros, want to smoke a joint? Like, uh, I, I can't, like, that's not the Jesus I see that's not in Scripture. That's not what I can reflect. And so, on the topic of masturbation, I'm not saying all no or all yes or wherever, mm-hmm. but it's like, could I see from what I see in Scripture, Jesus being like, to his disciples, you know, <laughs> yeah, whatever, you're a little stressed go over, or mm. Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. This is a weird, I know, but yeah. no, it's, it's like, game. which as I said, I will warn again, it is very dangerous to say, mm, I know what Jesus would say. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. no, actually, I don't. And no one.
2: Yeah, lo and behold, we know nothing about this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but that's sort of my, in one hand, that's usually my default in, in like these mm-hmm. kind of gray area. Mm. Um things he does speak to some parameters
2: right um he maintains a jewish sexual ethic Mm. i don't think that's a mistake yeah um so he hangs old testament (laughs) like he kicks it old school uh right back to genesis 1 and 2 Mm. like that's his sexual ethic man and woman in a marriage forever so that's he upholds that he doesn't abolish that um And the Sermon on the Mount, like he, he makes sure we get the point related to adultery. It's like, okay, don't, don't be exploitive with your eyes and lust Mm -hmm. after somebody like that. Like when, when you see somebody, right.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: Note the desire and now shepherd it, right. Mm -hmm. And direct it in the right way Mm -hmm. that, um, Jesus was tempted in every way that we are, Mm -hmm. but without sin. Um, I man to then zero in. I want to be really careful not to add law, but I also want to be really careful to like say, can I live within those parameters in in doing this? Because mm. he did give them right. Mm. So and then I think there's another thing I was thinking about before we got going on this, which was there is a like biochemical aspect of all of this too. Mm. Like um, like we all of the the, the chemicals. That are released are bonding chemicals, mm-hmm. um, and so I, I, the other caution there is c- just creating like these neural pathways where mm-hmm. we're like, I'm fixated on I have to, or I, I'm become bonded to, and 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 that's where I think your per, your per boundaries of taking it outside of the context of porn and masturbation is really key, mm-hmm. or in fantasy yeah. is really key. So just recognizing that we can like grow attachment mm-hmm. in ways that can be damaging. So. Again, that's comes back to how we're where where that is directed mm. and and recognizing that if it's becoming like enslaving, mm-hmm. that can be damaging to our ability to be intimate with somebody mm-hmm. else. So
0: I just keep thinking about Glenn down the street. Ooh.
2: Stop <laughs> thinking about Glenn. That you know, is a problem.
0: That's what I'm <laughs> saying. That's everybody's problem.
2: But thanks for sharing it with your community.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Glenn enjoyed listening. Glenn. There is no, no, Glenn. There's no there's Glenn. No, there's no
2: The worst thing that could happen is there would be a Glenn that showed up at our house one day. I'm like, I'm Glenn.
3: I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I was just going to say, like, I think in my experience with not just sexual desires, but with desires as a whole,
4: mm-hmm.
3: the more that I start to, like, surrender those through prayer or just ask, asking the Holy Spirit to, like, speak into, like, why is that there? what is that is this a freedom is this not a freedom it seems that i don't know i don't want to say it lessens the desire but i feel like sometimes in just looking for the answer mm-hmm. the desire will shift mm. uh, uh-huh. and so with this i think especially it's, it's so layered i think it's so incredibly layered uh-huh. and so like matt said like we'd want to have the conversation of like why and how often and what's Mm -hmm. going on and whatever but it's like even to just say like okay is there freedom here and what does that look like like Lord honestly through Uh prayer and Uh like okay like what's what's the spirit telling me and then have like realize that like maybe my desires shift in oh I don't really actually want to do this anymore or I do but it's in a different context than i thought it was or i don't Mm -hmm. know i think just yeah through praying through that on your own Mm. or with community Mm. but you might find that there's actually just a shift yeah
2: i think i think what you're speaking to is the tension that this is a tension more than it is like a problem to fix and if Mm. sexuality is a problem to fix you're living in the land of guilt and Mm -hmm. shame Mm -hmm. um and and oftentimes the reaction to it is to just become all permissive and then just celebrate it all, which mm. also relieves tension entirely. And like faith involves tension. Mm. But I think the thing that keeps coming to mind as we talk about all of this is we're talking about faith in a God who reveals himself to be scandalously patient,
4: mm.
2: um, unrelentingly kind and compassionate to sinful people. Mm. So, um, I think that this is a conversation that has to be consistently based in grace and truth, Mm. right? So I'm always nervous about the person who listens to biblical truth and somehow will marginalize the grace message Mm. Mm -hmm. and just live in a a rejection of truth because it's, they feel less than, Mm -hmm. And, and also the person who will minimize truth because they just only want to hear grace and then misses out on the blessing of obedience as well and so i think both are so critical
3: well i was gonna say, yeah it, to that end i think one of the things that we've experienced in our own marriage and then in our own lives personally because we're individuals in this mm-hmm. marriage is that is that like we've made a lot of mistakes sure yeah and we've made a lot of choices we haven't like wanted to make so then to like say like this is what the Bible says and this is like what we're supposed to uphold doesn't mean that that's just a hard and fast like Matt and I have done that for a whole life like you know like but then to go through and like Uh let that grace express itself in your marriage I don't know yeah that's good yeah sitting here thinking about like okay then the people who are like well well they don't know because it's just been easy for them like it has Mm. not been no it hasn't been easy it's been a lot of Mm. a lot of communication a lot of persistence a lot of I mean, honestly, like there's been confession, there's been mm-hmm. and forgiveness, there's been healing, like there's been so many of those things. And so I guess that's why I say like when you have a desire, whatever it is, inside a marriage, outside of marriage, and you come to it, what my experience is, is the Lord ends up answering a much deeper question mm-hmm. than just mm-hmm. whether or not the desire was permissible. Mm-hmm. It's like you came to me with this thing that was a symptom of something else mm-hmm. that you really needed.
2: Yeah, and I think and grace is the only thing that heals us. Totally. Uh, and, it, and
3: it, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah yeah this might be weird or superfluous or extra but I feel like going back to the first question like the thing that I grew up with was like sex outside of marriage is so bad and it's mm. basically the worst mm. <laughs> and I think I said You're to Matt Do the worst like, if you want it right. I said well that too but I said to Matt like a couple of years ago I was like I don't think it would be the worst mm. if one of our kids Messed up in this way. I mean, of course, I'd be so sad for them. Of course, that's not what I want. Right. And we've seen the benefits of having that grace, like Mm -hmm. entering into our marriage that way. Sure. But
2: that wasn't with like a perfection record going in. Right, right,
3: right. But I'm just saying, like, you come to realize, like, that would not be the worst. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just something else that would need grace, Mm -hmm. like anything else. What would be the worst if they, like, just rejected mm. Christ altogether It'd yeah. not be the worst if they made a mistake and needed grace and forgiveness totally for that.
4: yeah
0: hey guys thanks for tuning in if you like what you heard or want to know more about our podcast I want to invite you to follow us on Instagram at can I say that That's where you can find what our next topic is going to be, who's speaking, and a lot more about them. We also invite you as an audience member to be a more active part of this conversation by participating in polls, answering questions, and even sending in comments and messages. Fair warning though, some of them can be kind of frustrating. But please don't let that keep you from engaging, learning, and pressing in. After all, that is what the show is about asking Christians hard questions. So please come and join us.